0: Another day, another dollar, makes you wonder where your money went, you can scream, and you can holler. Hi folks, this is Jack Spierka with another edition of the Survival Podcast. It's always one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't dictate it, it's almost always the case during my 50-mile commute between Arlington and Frisco, Texas, as we share another day together. That day today happens to be Thursday, August the 6th, 2009. This is episode 251 of the Survival Podcast. And um, we're going to continue with a format of an intro segment housekeeping, and then the main topic. I'll give you the main topic today. And it is going to be on your mindset. And my question for you today is, is your mindset primarily one of being a prepper survivalist or being a self-sufficiency survivalist? Again, are you a prepper survivalist? Or are you a self-sufficiency-minded survivalist? Which one is you and why? And you can mull that over while I go through the intro segment. So today as I do the intro segment... um, we are going to have the ass Clown of the Day and somebody said something good. And I realize I need your help, my audience. I really need your help here. I can't continue to call this ass Clown of the Day and not call the other side something positive of the day. I, I need a term, a word, a suggestion, um, what have you. Now, I don't want you to email it to me because um, I'm not going to be able to keep up with email in the next couple days real well, uh, especially when it's like people's suggestions coming in. So this is is what I'm going to do I'm going to go to this forum uh, after I publish the show and actually right before I publish the show I'm going to set up a thread if I call the, the biggest loser of the day, ask clown of the day what do I call the other person I don't want to call them winner uh, Fred Thompson does something on his show. I catch maybe five minutes of it from time to time. Called winners and losers. This is not a uh, a repeat of Fred Thompson, I because he's you know very partisan with his things, and I'm in particular looking for people to do the right things that I normally disagree with. So we need something different. We need something creative. I'm going to rely on you guys to so check out the forum thread and see if you can come up with some ideas for me. Of what we call this? I also need your help on this. Whenever you see someone you think is going to make a good ass clown in the day, send me. An email jackatthesurvivalpodcast dot Put in the subject line "Ask Clown of the Day." If you see somebody you think will make a positive uh, role model for the day, um, whatever we decide to call that, we'll want to put that in the subject line. For now, you can just say something positive and uh, point out the person. And the more unlikely it is for this person to do something right, the better a fit they are. In other words, I would love to put Barney Frank on for doing something right, even though I despise the man. I mean, there's some people I just don't like their politics. Him I despise. So, see if you can help me out with that. Now, on to today's ass Clown of the Day. Today's ass Clown of the day is the entire White House. And the White House as a whole, the whole staff, Prince Obama and all of his minions and drones. And why? Because they're stupid, that's why. They've done something so stupid, so moronic, that gives so much fuel to the people that don't like them. And absolutely, if you're like an Alex Jones type, tinfoil hat type, out on the fringes type, think the government's all out to get us, man, then this is tumping 65 gallons of kerosene onto a roaring fire. What the White House has done is said they want you to send any emails that come from family or friends. It actually said that. If a friend, a family member, or a neighbor sends you an email that seems fishy, it just doesn't seem right, please send it to flag at whitehouse.gov. Some people are saying this reminds them of George Orwell, 1984. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the freaking Soviet Union. Before they started to, uh, kind of, you know, like, have Stalin die. Tell on your neighbor if they're doing something that doesn't... I mean... Okay, look. They're going to come out, they're going to say, well, we meant things like, if you hear something, it could be like, uh, a terrorist attack going to happen, or something like that. You know? And maybe they did. But the way they put this out, they put this out in print... Other site, freaking idiot, ass hat, ass clown of the day rolled up into one. You get both the ass hat and ass clown award. You morons. I, I, I whatever. All right. Um, now for my positive example today. Um, I wasn't finding one. I was having a hard time. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it to all the people that are showing up at these town, town, town hall meetings and standing up against health care and are being said, oh, conservative radio's making them show up. I'll tell you what, a lot of them are showing up because they talk to their doctors. And their doctors are telling them flat out, you know what? I'm not going to be here if they do this. I'm not going to tolerate the things that are in there. And I'll close my practice. That's why a lot of them are showing up. And good for you, and I'm going to leave that in there. But I found a politician that I usually don't agree with. um, Mayor of Dallas, Tom Leppard, Who... um is in an area with a huge Democrat influence, a huge portion of his constituency absolutely worship at the feet of Prince Obama, and uh, say anything negative about Mr. Obama right now, and, oh my God, he called him Mr. Obama, not President Obama. Where have you been, guys? I call him Ass Clown. I just did. So he said that the Ass Clown stimulus package ain't working. Where the hell the job's at? And why aren't we seeing any of the money here? Um... Mr. Leppard, I don't think we should be seeing the money here. I don't think it should have ever been spent, but if it is going to be spent, you're right. Where are the results? And kudos to you for standing up in a district uh, and saying something that's probably going to make you pretty unpopular with a big segment of the people that voted for you because it's the right thing to say at the right time. Don't worry, I won't be making contributions to his campaign fund or anything, but hey. You did the right thing, man. So I thank you for it, sir, and I hope you'll continue to say the right things when the time is right. And when you do, if I know, I'll recognize you. So let's move on to, to today's housekeeping. First of all, as always, please support our advertisers. Today's advertiser of the day is Safe Castle Royal, and I'd like to remind you that Safe Castle Royal is not just a great place to find a lot of your uh, prepping needs. They also have a sister website, and I will link to it today in the show notes, that provides hardened structures, uh, some of the best in the industry. Additionally, they have a discount club membership worth $19. They'll give you huge discounts for the rest of your life. It costs $19. Or you can join Member Support Brigade. More on that in a second. And you'll get it for free lifetime free membership. They've donated to Member Support Brigade uh, members. Uh, Next, if you're not a member of our forum, please join our forum. We want you there. If you're an international listener, definitely join our forum and connect with your international brethren and sistren. Is sistren a word? I don't think so. I made it up. Somebody's going to email me. You stop making up words, Jack. No, I won't. This is who I am. Um, Your brethren and your sistren are looking for you on the forum. Please join. Get in touch with them. Next, Region 6 is having a big get-together, I believe, in September, around the 18th, somewhere like that. Shannon Appleby's putting that together. There will be a link in today's show notes. And last but not least, if you think that this show's worth more than two dimes a day then consider joining the Supporting Members Brigade. And that's not based on 365 days a year. That's based on five days a week that I do the show, 20 cents an episode, or about $50 a year if you support me on an annual basis. It'll cost you about a quarter to support the show if you want to do it at 5 bucks a month. And I would say, uh, I'm not shilling for my own program here or anything, but if you don't think the show's worth two dimes a day, why do you give it 45 minutes of your day? And I'll leave it at that. And uh, if you're in the middle of a debt snowball or something, and you, you know you're strapped for cash, do not join. Don't do it. Pay your debt off. Then you can support me. All right, so let's rock on and uh, get into the topic of today's show. Remember the question that I asked you in the beginning. Are you a self-sufficiency-minded survivalist, or are you a prepper-minded survivalist? And you might be a little bit of both, but what is the big difference? Why does it matter? Well, I brought it up today because a lot of times I do talk about politics and the economy and current events and things like that here. I, I go into some macroeconomic theory once in a while, and I actually talk about the things behind the money supply, what the indicators are, where we're going. I talk about all of these things that that really impact the long-term future, and those are taken two different ways based on um, where your mindset is. The prepper thinks, um, well, some people think, oh, this doesn't matter, I'm going to tune out today, and that's fine, but the people that listen, right? the prepper thinks, oh, crap, Everything can happen. I better be ready. The self-sufficiency person thinks, if I do things right, I won't care. And I care today, but I hope that someday soon I don't care anymore. Because I'll be able to make a go of it no matter what happens. I think it also has a lot to do with... We do get a lot of people here that call themselves liberals. Now... For those of you who don't know, and I don't think there's a lot of you if you're a regular, so I call myself a libertarian. A lot of people that don't know what a libertarian is think that a libertarian is some kind of uber-liberal. and Nothing could be further from the truth. There's, there's some points where a, 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 uh, a libertarian, based on all these labels that everybody has to put people in boxes with, uh, a libertarian would be highly liberal in, in social uh, context and highly conservative uh, in a fiscal context. But that's even a very limited way of looking at it. So leave libertarian tearing out for now, but what I'll tell you is a lot of people that come here and say that they're liberals are, and a lot of people that come here and listen to participate and say that they are liberals are not. They're very progressive-minded. And progressive is like a positive way, to me, to spend communism and Marxism. It is statism at its finest. That's what progressivism is. That the government can solve all our problems. Now, why does that matter today? Why am I going into this? Don't worry, I'm not going to be here long. Alright? But, it matters because if you are of a progressive mindset and you say that I'm a prepper, I'm not surprised... That you think that way if you've realized things can go wrong. Because what the progressive believes is that the system and the government exist to support society. And that's its purpose. And we should feed it as much as we need to and give everything to it so it can create some kind of a glorious utopian society if all the evil republicans, or they call them repugnants, would just get the hell out of the way. So... The prepper mindset from those types, and if you end up saying you're a prepper at the end of this, don't be offended because you might have your totally different reasons. But if you're a progressive and you're a prepper, it's because you believe that if the system fails, there's no hope. So what you do is you stack stuff up, and you wait for it to come, and then your hope is, I can use this material to make it long enough until the glorious rebirth of a government system comes to save me. And you're, you know, smarter and wiser than the idiot that wouldn't leave New Orleans when they were told to. But you also believe you need, in the end, some bigger, stronger entity to come prop you up and make things better for you if you continue to just be a prepper, you're probably safe in your political viewpoints. Because if you do it from and that's a fear-based prepper mentality. And if you do it in fear, you'll cling to what's most familiar to you, be that progressive, be that neoconservative, or any of these other labels that people insist on using, that I use only so that you understand what I'm talking about. Because I just believe that we're all people, and in the end, if we pull our heads out of our asses, we make our own decisions, and we would see greener grass, not because we're told which side is greener, but because we actually look at it, judge for ourselves where the grass is greener, and we go there. Now, the self sufficiency minded person will eventually divest themselves of all this political bullshit. All right? Other than the observation point. In other words, I talk about politics not because I'm trying to influence it. All right? I really don't want to try to influence day to day politics. In most cases, I'm not trying to influence elections because I'm looking at the two parties and going, eh, who cares? Who cares? I don't really think we're gonna be we're gonna get sold the same bill of goods differently. But I pay attention because I know that it can impact me going forward. And it's motivational in my quest for self-sufficiency. So let's get straight into what is the difference to me. And and again, there's a lot of overlap here. A lot of people are both. And prepping is part of self-sufficiency. I'm asking you to question yourself, do you have a line drawn that separates you from self-sufficiency? Or do you gravitate more to the other side of that line? The person that preps... Is all based on, I take what's available today, and I store it, and I have extra if the systems of support go away tomorrow. But I will live day to day, completely and totally utilizing those systems of support, appreciating, respecting, and even craving their existence. I want them to be there at all times for me and for others. The self-sufficiency person doesn't hate the system of support. He doesn't despise the system of support. But he looks at each one of them as a weakness. And he says, if this fails... Then I have a problem, i.e., he's a prepper mind. But he also looks at it and goes, Because I am dependent upon these things today, they're consuming resources that if I were not dependent on these systems, could give me liberty and give me freedom. So for instance, the the, the prepper mindset may say the hell with debt. I don't care. I'll be in debt. So what? If the shit hits the fan, the debt won't matter. I'm not going to pay it. You know, if if society is crumbling, I'm not worried about having my house repossessed. I'm worried about having food, beans, bullets, and band-aids like I'm going to need, and I'll wait for the rebuilding, and since everybody's going to default, they're not going to be able to take everything away, and I don't care. And they might be right. On some levels, they might be right. Now, I have a moral issue with that attitude. I believe when you borrow money, you pay it the hell back. That's just my opinion, though. I'm not going to force my moral code on you, as some of my audience often tries to do to me. I'll say something you'll say. I find this offensive as a fill-in-the-blank. Fine. You fill in the blank with whatever label you've given yourself. You're offended by that. Don't tell me to accept your moral code as my own. So when I tell you that I think if you don't pay your bills, you're welching on, a, on, a, on your word, and I wouldn't do business with you ever in the future, that doesn't mean that I expect you to abide by it. It's just telling you what people like me think of people like you when you do that. Alright? But when it comes down to mechanics, that person may be completely right. If we have cities burning and nobody's working and unemployment's like 100%, the economy's in complete decay, the the banks aren't going to be going out repossessing people's houses because they'll be getting shot at while they try to do it. So that debt is all purposes in that scenario pretty much gone. But the self-sufficiency person is the one that says, I want to follow the survival podcast motto living a better life if times get tough or even if they don't so the debt now is looked at completely different it's not just oh what will happen if a disaster strikes and the prepper that thinks that way i got to i got to I've got to put it to you this way. Your disaster could be losing your job, and now the debt does matter. So there is a consequence to that debt. I'm just going to extremes here to help explain this bifurcation this, this between these two worlds. So, but, the, but the self-sufficiency person says, well, that debt is consuming my income. I have to pay some portion of that debt every single month. And if I don't pay it, then eventually it becomes a problem for me. And if I wasn't paying that debt and I had that money and I could save it or invest it, what else could it be doing for me? So they look at the debt completely differently. That doesn't mean a self-sufficiency person doesn't have a closet full of food. In case something goes wrong. But it's to further their self-sufficiency. Let's look at another example of a typical thing that, that somebody, somebody, let's say, that would call themselves a, a liberal prepper. And, and again, if you're a liberal and you're a real liberal, I don't want to offend you here. I'm not talking about you. All right? I'm talking about progressive. The people that think they're going to save the planet by driving a hybrid. That believe in all the bullshit that the government tells them. That want socialized everything. They want the government to own the oil industry. They want the government to own the healthcare industry. They want everything owned. And they want some, you know, utopia. Okay. Well, when that person looks at, let's say, planting a garden. They're looking at it from the standpoint of, oh, I'm being green. And that garden will be there and it'll produce them some food and all, but it's all about this being green crap with a self-sufficiency-minded individual. And I'm not telling you where you are. You have to decide where you are in this because it's going to help you form your philosophy going forward even if you fall to the, you know, to, to the progressive prepper side. I want you to do a better job for yourself in your own world. I'm okay with you being there. I won't ever agree with you, but I'm okay with you being there. And I want you to be as self-sufficient as possible if the shit hits the fan because it's good for a stable society but that's that's the view that oh I'm gonna i'm gonna you know if they put solar panels on their roof it's uh, now I have a smaller car and they're proud of their tiny carbon footprint. The self-sufficiency-minded individual looks at the garden as the ability to sustain life for themselves and their family if they are cut off from visible systems of support. And in fact, desires to bring production to a point where they can cut themselves off or at least cut themselves off from a portion of it. When the self-sufficiency-minded individual puts solar panels on their roof, they despise the expense. They, they look at these and they go, oh my God, can we not build a solar system for less money than this? Is there not a way that economy of scale can't take over and make this stuff happen? Why is this crap so expensive? Why did I have to put so much effort into buying this? And they go, I could give a crap about my carbon footprint. I don't care. But what they say is, now that I've made the sacrifice initially, I have less dependence upon the electrical grid as a system of support. In fact, now that I have a base to work off, if I can begin tweaking these things, and I'm going to push myself as far as I can to eliminate my need for the grid. Now, the the progressive individual that does this may follow the same path, and they get to the same end, and that's where I'm leading to here, how we can all work together. If we get out of each other's face. But they're all about saving a polar bear. I just saw a commercial for some green crap, GE washers or some bullshit like that. And the guy says, you know, I'm conflicted on being green. And the little girl holds up a picture and says, Daddy, polar bears! And then the commercial actually makes the point of, hey, these things will save you money. Okay. What washing machine you use does not affect the polar bears? It will never affect the polar bears. And a polar bear will eat you. Period. End of story. You want to save the baby seals? Okay, you know what eats baby seals? Polar bears eat baby seals. Can't say both of them, folks. i got to pick one. So am I just belaboring this, or is there a point here? Well, the point is, my goal for my audience is to make as many of you as self-sufficient as possible, rather than just prepared for a disaster. Because if you become self-sufficient, you will, you will find in your heart a ray of light. And you'll wonder what it is at first if you're not familiar with it. Even if you're like a radically big government type right now. If you create true self-sufficiency, that little warm ray of light will start to kindle inside of you. And you'll go, what the hell is that? I don't know what that is. And you'll find yourself one day listening to some of the typical tripe that were fed up on TV. And you'll listen to it and you go, well, that doesn't sound right. And you'll say to yourself, why Why doesn't that sound right? I, I, I'm not sure why I don't agree with that. The, the right person is saying it for me to feel that way, but it just doesn't seem right anymore that we would take something from somebody else by force and give it to somebody else because we feel they should have it too. That doesn't feel right. I really question mine. You know, did, my, did I wake up on the right side of the bed today? Oh my God, what's happening to me? And what it is, is the less that you need of something, the more you're willing to tolerate the things that it causes in your life that you don't want. In other words, if you have a job that you, you you sort of like your job, I mean it's a good job. You go to work every day. People there are nice to you. You get paid a fair compensation. Hey, you're lucky to have a job. Other people don't have a job. You enjoy your work. It challenges you emotionally, mentally, and physically. And that's what you want. And I know you're bloody going shit. I don't feel that way about my job. Let's say you did. It's a good. It's a good job. It's what you're looking for. It's what you wanted. Your whole life, you work for it. You got it. You have everything day-to-day because of the paycheck that you really want. Now, you're not sailing around on a yacht around the world or anything, but if you want to buy something, you go out and buy it. you're not deeply in debt, it's a good job. And then, one day, because, I don't know, A giant gold meteor lands in my backyard and makes me the wealthiest man in the world. I show up at your house and I knock on your door and I say, dear Mr. Whoever you are, or Mrs. Whoever you are. I'm Jack Spearco from the Survival Podcast. I know you've been listening to my show for a long time. I know you've been working for self-sufficiency. I want to help you with that. Here's a big chunk of gold. It's for you. And you go, oh my God, what is this worth? And you take it somewhere and they say, you just were handed a, a lump of gold worth $50 million. You now have $50 million. You can do whatever you want with it. Would you quit your job? He would quit your job, folks. Trust me, you would quit your job because you're no longer dependent on it. Now, you might be one of these people that really likes your job and say, no, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit because it's not that bad. The way a lot of people feel about government and systems of support that are not government-run even private systems of support, corporate systems of support, and the vast majority of the things that actually are fascist systems of support, which are a conglomeration of government and private industry working together and utilizing the separations of the classes for their own avail. Right? That's what you're dependent on. and You know, it ain't that bad. Hey, the streets are pretty decent. And we talk about crime, but I go out every day and nobody mugs me. I have nice forests that I can go, you know, national forests and things like that. This place is pretty nice. I can tolerate these things. You feel the same way about your job. But I give you $50 million. And you go to work. The boss comes out and goes, I want you to work on this project today. And you go, you know what? This project is more important. And he goes, you know, I don't care that you think it's more important. I'm telling you to work on this project today. And you say, fine. So you do it. And you, you start doing it the way you want it done. And he comes out and he goes, I think that's wrong. And you go, I sir, so I don't think it's wrong. In fact, this is you're paying me to do my job. I'm giving you what you say you, you've asked for. I'm do i you know, I'm delivering based on my ability what I think is the best thing for you. And you says, No, I don't want it. It's little things like that, it's sooner or later, you know what you're gonna do. You're gonna go, Hey, you know what, man? I got fifty million dollars. I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna willingly send hey you might not be angry. You might not be, you know, a revolutionary in the middle of your office standing up and screaming and acting like an asshat, but you're probably going to very politely just say, you know what, it's been great. I appreciate everything I've learned here. I appreciate the people around me, but I am no longer employable, and I can no longer accept the limitations of the system that I'm sitting in, and I'm going to voluntarily separate myself from them. Goodbye. When you live a self-sufficient life, you find yourself doing that daily with different little parts of the system. And it doesn't mean that you're isolationist or that you want to go live on a rock somewhere in the middle of the ocean. And you don't want people around you. But you really start to look at your electric bill once you start to put in alternative forms of energy. And you don't just go, gee, it's great that it's $100 less a month. You go, how the hell can I get rid of this thing altogether? This isn't an annoyance. There's got to be a way that I could increase my personal level of production to the point where I don't even need this anymore. And you start to look at everything in your life that bothers you or interrupts you or interferes with your liberty that way. What I'm telling you folks is if you practice self-sufficiency long enough, you're going to become a libertarian. And I know people say that's not going to happen to me, right? Like it's a disease or something. And what I want you to understand is there's all forms of libertarians. Um, One main libertarian position is that we shouldn't have uh, problems with immigration because if somebody wants to come to America and be part of America and work in America, we should just open the door and come on in. As long as they don't mean to do us any harm, you know. No visas, no nothing. You want to come here? Fine. Show up, tell us who you are so we know who you are and that you came in the door. We make sure you're not, you know, some axe murderer that's uh, fleeing another country because you killed 15 people. And if it's if anything other than that, you yeah, know, come on. Come on, contribute to our society. Well, a lot of people say, well, I can't be a libertarian because I'm against illegal immigration. Well, so most, most libertarians are against illegal immigration. The other side of it is, well, before we're going to do that, we need to get rid of welfare, food stamps, you know, Medicaid, Medicare, um, all the things that allow people to exist for free... So that if you come to this country, you have to work your ass off or starve. Then we'll open the doors. And then some libertarians say, let's open the doors now. It'll make the place better anyway. We have different opinions in the libertarian community. Extremely different opinions. But the common thread is liberty. Liberty, liberty, liberty. Leave me alone. Get out of my way. And maybe I'm off track a little bit with the politics here a little bit today. But I think it's important that you understand the the psychological mechanism of self-sufficiency. And politics is just one aspect of that. Let's look at some other aspects of it. Let's just look at how it affects the, the, the pure condition of being a human being. Most people wake up every day. They get out of bed. And unless it's a weekend, they think to themselves, oh, crap. I wish I didn't have to do this today. You know, they, when they leave their home, they think to themselves, I'd rather stay here today. I really would. And if it's not every day, that's fine. I mean, you know, you need something to do. I, I think if I gave you $50 million worth of gold, you probably would quit your job, but you would still do something that people would call work. You still have a purpose in life. you go out and do something. But you would do it by choice. That means that you're in a system that you are dependent upon. Period. You are a dependent individual. If you ever do anything you don't want to do, other than for emotional reasons, in other words, I might go to a movie that I think is stupid, that's a story about two people falling in love and one of them dying, that makes no point, that has no purpose, that I would rather actually smack myself in the face with a stick than watch. I might go see that movie because I love my wife and she wants to see it. And she'll go watch Transformers with me where a bunch of robots blow things up and she feels pretty much the same way. That's not a system of dependence. That's compassion for another individual and doing something that you think will make them happier. Right? Because you care about them. System of dependence is I really don't want to go to work today but I'm going to because if I don't I will lose my house and I will not be able to feed my children. That's dependence. So I'll ask you again. I know it sounds redundant, but I'm trying to trigger something in you today. To make you think differently today. Are you seeking self-sufficiency or are you just preparing to deal with a situation where you may no longer be able to rely on your dependence that you already have? Which one is it? This is extremely important to your individual life and whether or not you're going to be able to make your life better today and have a better life tomorrow even if nothing goes wrong. If you're just preparing for a disaster, you will always fear disaster. If you're setting up a system whereby you do not have to be dependent or reduce your dependence, you won't fear disaster. Except for the worst-case scenarios. Sure, Yellowstone erupting, yeah. I I, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm not in fear of it today. But if I thought it was going to happen, I'd be like, holy crap. This could be the, an end-of-the-world scenario. But the day-to-day things that we've dealt with for years and years and years, I don't really care. I don't really care because I've built a lot of self-sufficiency into my life. And a lot of redundancies to compensate for any one system of dependence that I use every day going down. And I'll tell you, my real goal, and it's just I'm not willing to make the investment here because it's not where I want to live long term, but my real goal when we get up to Arkansas permanently is to cut myself off from all systems of dependence. That does not mean that I won't be involved in the world anymore. It certainly doesn't mean that I won't do survival podcasts. I'll be doing that every day until I get old and crotchety and you don't want to listen to me anymore. But I want, when I get up there, to eventually figure out how to generate enough power that I, do, I can tell the electric company, sorry, don't need you anymore. Just don't need you anymore. I want to be able to grow enough food and, and preserve enough food and, and harvest enough food off of the land and out of the environment that I can tell a grocery store I don't need them anymore. It doesn't mean I won't go. But I want to feel like it. Not because I have to. I, want to. I want to be able to provide myself enough, um, enough things to treat common ailments that I don't need a doctor anymore. I mean, I won't ever go to a doctor if I really think that I, I, I need to, or that my life will be drastically improved because I do. But you know, anything short of I was in a wreck and there's a yield sign in my spleen, i would be like, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't need that today. I'll sort it out for myself. I think that in modern medicine, uh, medical treatment does, in many ways, more harm than good today. In many, many ways. I can prove that for you, by the way. In the 19, I think it was 1977, or 76 or 77, maybe 78, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, the doctors in Los Angeles went on strike. And they performed no surgery other than the guy's going to die right now if we don't do it. So if you got a car wreck and your liver was ruptured and you were bleeding out and you came to the hospital, they'd operate on you. If you were going to live for the next couple weeks, I mean, even cancer like surgeries and all, it was all on hold. Not, it ain't no. Is he going to die today? No, we're not. No, I'm on strike. Right? Do you know the one statistic that dropped during that doctor's strike? The death rate in hospitals. It dropped like a It went like a stone down. Less people died because they gave them less treatment. It's legal about that. So then my next question for you is what are you doing right now to improve your self-sufficiency? I mean, every time you buy something or put it up or store it, is it just a prep or is it empowering you? Is it making you more likely to be able to eventually sever systems of support at will, not because you're required to? Is it ever taking you to a point where one day you'll go out and have an electrician come to your house and just basically pull the grid down I don't want it here anymore get rid of it or at least put a big breaker out there or if you want to leave it there is it to a point that you know one day you're going to get a bill from the electric company that says they owe you $13 (laughs) or is it just you bought a generator and stuck it in your shed and if you need it it's there there's nothing wrong with that and I have one but I want more do you want more? Do you have a little 4x8 garden bed and that's all you're going to have for the rest of your life or is it a starting point? If you planted a fruit tree, will it be the only one you ever have? Now, if your land is limited, and you, you know, I understand that. But if you have room for another one, is there ever going to be another one? Are you going to, when it starts producing for you, you can't eat all the apples, pears, peaches, or whatever it is, but you can't eat them all before they start to rot? Are you going to teach yourself to can or dehydrate or preserve them in some way? Or are they going to lay on the ground and rot? Is it going to become a tool of empowerment or a novelty? Something you can rely on in a bad time or something that provides for you in all times? If you planted a couple grape vines are you going to teach yourself to make raisins and wine? Or are you going to eat the grapes when they're there? and give them away. Are you becoming a better prepared grasshopper or are you becoming a true ant? That's what I'm asking you today. And either one is okay. Trust me. I wish more grasshoppers were well prepared. But which one do you want to be? What's in your soul? What's in your spirit? What's driving you? What makes you listen to a show like this every day? What makes you listen to me today? When I'm sure there were parts of this show today, you were like, ah, this one's not that good, I'm going to turn it off. But you're still here, you're still listening. Why? Why? Where is it in you? What's burning inside of you? Is the psychologist that says on that stupid Today Show segment, you're reverting to primal instincts and taking things to extremes. Is he right? Is he right about you? Are you reverting to primal instincts based on fear? And your fear is motivating you? Probably not if you listen to this show, because I would have bored you to tears six months ago. And you would have quit. Or, inside of you deeply, do you look around every day out the window of your car like I'm doing right now and going, This isn't right! This isn't how human beings are supposed to live! This is not the way I want things to be for me. We should not be in a situation where there's this much land, this much open space, this much green grass that's pointless. And if a trucker strike happens, people will go hungry. Something that mundane. It shouldn't even be this way. And I can't change it for everybody, but I can change it for me. We shouldn't be in a world where if we shut the power off, society would spiral into a a decay and look like one of those sensational Hollywood movies. We shouldn't be there. A hundred and twenty years ago is not that long and no one had power. And people didn't run around like the road warrior, killing each other. It wasn't that way. That is not a long time. In the overall history of the planet, it's not a second. But folks, it's not even in a second. 120 years is not even one second. If we measure how long mankind has been here as a day. We were here so much longer without all these things. And somehow, somehow we survived. Somehow, without socialized medicine... People still lived into their 70s and 80s at, during the time that America was founded. You know what? I did a show a long time ago. I took 20 random people from history. People that I could look up on Wikipedia see when they were born and when they died. People like George Washington and lesser-known people that were like you know, generals in the army. I came up with an average age for them of when they died. It was 75.2 years. Now, they all happen to be white American males because, well, that's who was prominent at the time. Not my fault. You know, wish it wasn't so, but that's how it was. So when I went and got the Center for Disease Control Statistics um, and figured, actually, it was 75.0. So I went to CDC and I got, well, what for a white male living in America today? um, What is the average life expectancy? It was 75.2. So over that group of people, modern medicine has increased our life expectancy 0.2 years. Folks, that's like six weeks. And then people objected to it. They said, oh, but Jack, these guys were rich. They got the best health care available at the time. You know what, folks? I hope that if I went to Parkland Hospital with no insurance and no money, and got the crappiest county-level care possible, I hope it's better than the the, uh, medical care George Washington got, and I'm pretty damn sure that it is. And we learn something when we look at these things honestly, and we ask ourselves, why were people able to survive for so long, and even thrive and develop huge civilizations? like the mayas the aztecs the greeks spartans the syrians why were all of these societies able to grow and function without all of the things that we think we need today and inside of you because you're human because when you when you squat down and put your hand on warm ground it feels good and you feel a connection there because of that In your heart, you know the way we're living today is wrong. And my charge to you today is, I'm not going to tell you how to live. But I want you to find that piece of yourself and I want you to tap into it. And if you tap into that, something amazing will happen for you. You will begin to find find your own answers. You'll begin to look at things and go, you know what? I think I'm going to change this because I want to. That's one of the most powerful things a human being can say. I will change this because I want to. Not because I have to. Not because I need to. Not because I think. Not because somebody told me to. Not because it's my duty. Not because I want to be honorable. Not because I want to be a good citizen. Not because I want to serve. I will change this because it's what I want. And I think that today I'm going to leave it at that. I want you to look at your life today from a standpoint of are you a self-sufficiency advocate or are you a prepper? Which one is more... Now, I'm not saying you're not both. Which one is more powerful in driving you? And if it's self-sufficiency... I want you to look to your future, and I want you to look to the things that you're dependent upon, and I want you to pick one thing that you're going to work on changing for the better because it's what you want. Find that one thing and start working on it today. And if you do that, I promise you it's going to lead you to more of them, and it's going to lead you to solutions, not problems. This has been Jack Spirko with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live a better life, if times get tough, or even if they don't. You can scream, and you can holler. It really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.